following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. Welcome to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Weekly winners from his Wise Guy Roundtable. Broadcasting from the pregame.com studios in Las Vegas. Here is R.J. Bell. NFL edition week nine with my Wise Guy Roundtable. To my right, the batter, Steve Fezzik. To my left, the bookmaker, Matty Holt. I'm R.J. Bell. What a jam-packed show. We've got double likes, smart money, three best bets, pros versus Joes, crossfire. And you know how we always start. Fezzik versus the world. He does his power ratings, puts them up at pregame.com on Wednesdays. And we get people that cherry pick the one mistake he makes. Or maybe it's not a mistake. That's where we battle. And the first one, Maddie, you disagree on the Dolphins. So it's Dolphins versus Raiders. We've got the Dolphins at home, the Raiders on the road, laying three with the extra juice. But Maddie, you actually disagree with the Dolphins power rating. So Fez, let's set the context. Where do you have the Dolphins? So I have the Dolphins four points worse than an average team. They've been downgraded. So they're number 24 in the league right now, tied with the Bears. So let's start and think about this a second. The Dolphins, a team that have won an inordinate number of games, it would seem. If you go back to last season, the stats on the number of games they've won is stunning. But what's happened is they've won a crazy amount of close games. Typically in the NFL, if you win close games, wise guys think you're overrated because the public overreacts to those close wins, even though... They are typically coin tosses is the way the wise guys think about it. So the public says, oh, they won. Wise guys say, ah, it's really half a win because it's a coin toss. So, Fez, you've got the Dolphins 24. Maddie, how do you disagree with that? I think the Dolphins are worse than that. I think you can make a case that the Dolphins are around 28 or 29. And here's the case I would make just in comparison again. Uh, the New York Jets at five here, uh, you know, at minus five points worse than a than a average team. And I think that we've, I think you've been a little bit low on the jets all year. I think we've probably established that, but I think on a neutral site at this point, the jets are probably playing better than Miami, especially Miami now coming off a 40 to nothing blowout loss. Uh, you know, a lot of insecurity at the quarterback position. They're saying it was because of injury, but we all know they benched Jay Cutler trying to hope that Matt Moore could come in and get some starts. Matt Moore comes in, they get shut out 40 to nothing. Um, and I just look at some of these games and I go Green Bay versus Miami on a neutral right now. Miami minus two. I, I would only take the Packers. Yeah, and I'm giving Miami a free pass for all of their travel problems that they had where they had with Irma. They wound up stranded out in California. Are you talking, are you talking like literally back in like like six, eight weeks ago? Well, it explains why their stats year to date are more that of a 28th or 29th best team in the NFL. Normally, I'm a stats guy, RJ. But when there's extenuating circumstances, I'm going to give them a pass for the bad game at New York and the bad game in London. And the question is, should I give them a pass? That's really the um, why we're disagreeing. Are you giving him a pass for last week's 40 to nothing loss as well? No, that um, is more than concerning that they were a complete no-show. It was a Thursday game, short work week. They were a no-show. But here's the thing, and this is where I always disagree with you, Fez. I can see you saying, hey, 
maybe the line, the 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 market gave the Dolphins, or or let's say they didn't clearly see that the Dolphins should be two points or three points worse than London, or two points or three points worse with the Jets. But there's no factor like fatigue or anything really, other than a quarterback injury that's going to be more than three points, right? So when they lose games like 40 to nothing or, or, you know, what did they lose the London game, right? It was an extreme score. So maybe they lost 30 to nothing. You should say, oh, I'm only going to count that as 27 nothing because of the rest. The idea of completely eliminating the game almost makes it seem like it was a sure thing if you would have just bet against them there. Like in, unless you bet your whole bankroll or, or 50% of it with Kelly because you thought it was a 95% bet or whatever, then you've got to give – you can't wipe it away. Well, I didn't wipe it away. That's why they're four points worse than an average team, the same as the Chicago Bears. The London game, they, they clearly wore down. They were tied with a minute left to go in the end of the first half. So it goes, it goes to the narrative that this team was gassed and they ran out of gas in the second half. All right, so here's so if we look at last year, I guess you got to count the playoffs. So they lost the playoff game, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, one, two. So they finished the year nine and three last year, counting the playoff loss. The Dolphins four and three this year, so they're thirteen and six. <laughs> thirteen and six, their last nineteen games. The Dolphins straight up, and Fez says they're number twenty four, and Matty Holt says they're worse than that. Wise guys think differently. That is for sure. And I tend to agree with Maddie. I don't think this is a good team at all. And and you kind of wonder why, because when the O-line last year was healthy under Gase, and obviously Gase is still the coach, that was a pretty good team, I thought, last year. I mean, is it just the quarterback? I mean, was Tannehill that good? What is wrong? And let's get into the game again. Raiders are favored by three on the road. Maddie, you can start, but maybe you can help me understand what went wrong with this team. So obviously there's some friction in the locker room where you don't get rid of your best running back in Jay Ajayi. And you could say, well, part of the Ajayi trade was that he wanted a long-term contract and they didn't want to give it to him so because they had some concerns with his knee. But if that's really the case and that's what ownership says, there's a residual effect with that sometimes when you say, hey, this guy, we're not sure about him, so we don't want to pay him a long-term contract. That affects the players who are also fighting for that next long-term contract. And are you going to give it to them? Not to mention, we talk about yards per play as a measuring stick all the time for these teams. Number 32 in the league, offensive yards per play, the Miami Dolphins. Okay, so a couple quick questions, and we'll get your leaner like, and then go to Fez. Uh, Ajay on the field, how much of a downgrade uh, is his absence? Half I, a point even? Maybe even a little bit less than a half a point. Okay. Fez, like you agree or disagree on that? tenths to four tenths. I don't think it's any adjustment. They're averaging 3.2 yards per rush, which is right at the bottom. I mean, if you would have said who's the best offensive player on this team, I mean, certainly of skill positions. Who has the most talent? Yes, but he hasn't been. He was one of the eight best running backs in football last year, period. And he's been awful this year. I I know. I'm just saying. All right. Back around the horn. How do we grade the psychology of him getting shipped out? Because, I mean, this is a team with a winning record, right? Is the theory is you're in the playoff hunt. And you're sending out your best player. Isn't that the uh, ownership? Isn't that the GM saying we don't have a chance at the playoffs? Not only we don't have a chance at the playoffs, but we don't want to pay guys in contract years. And that doesn't always have the best effect. Winning cares that if you're the New England Patriots, but it all it has also backfired for many teams. 
I, I'm pretty sure of this. Not you're not going to get a 100% yay. We're glad we shipped Jay Ajayi out out of that locker room. Fair, same question. Oh, I think it probably deals with how his chemistry has been in the locker room. They probably would not have gotten rid of him, even with the monetary reasons, if they, there wasn't an issue or a problem with that player. We've seen that how, with the Patriots. How do you know that? I don't. We don't know. Oh, that that's a crazy. Uh, to me, the odds of that. That 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 we're going to say he was a locker room cancer because they traded him. What well, was a Garoppolo a, a locker room? It would send a message if he were a cancer. Yeah, but it, who says he is? It sends. We don't know, but it sends a message possibly from a coach that I think is a good coach in Gase that we're not going to well, put up with problems. Be, couldn't it be? We're not going to be able to sign this guy, so we got to get something out of him now anyway. Doesn't make a lot of sense to me because they've got a good record right now. You say we're saying they're not going to make the playoffs. That's not a given. They're looking at their record and thinking they could contend. Well, but that's what the players are thinking. And if the front office isn't, that's where I think the psychology is problematic. Yeah, I didn't get a degree in psychology. I could be wrong. You're the master of saying the wind blew three (laughs) times and somehow their kite got caught in the tree. And that's why they're going to be upset. (laughs) So, Matt, had you heard anything about this running back being a problem? No, uh, the only thing I heard out of the Miami Dolphins organization was they had concerns about his knee and the long-term viability of signing him to a long-term Which deal. brings up another point about, oh, if you're a little beat up, as a player, we're letting you get beat up. But if, you, if there's any chance you're going to be a problem three or four years down the road physically, we're going to ship you out of town. That seems to feed into your thing. Yeah. See, I, I just don't want to assume. First of all, are we really comparing the Dolphins to what Belichick does? Well, Belichick does do this routinely. Yeah. So do we want to compare the Dolphins to Belichick? Belichick's in his own universe. All right. Next question around the horn. Matt Moore currently in the, in the current quarterback situation. How do you grade it? I think Matt Moore is a career backup for a reason. We're not talking about a first year, second year, or third year player that's, uh, you know, could develop into something. He hit a ceiling a long time ago. As far as I know, it's Jay Cutler coming back this week, right? Okay. Yeah. So is that, and that was my question is yes. Matt Moore versus Cutler upgrade downgrade. How do we think about it right now? Oh, I I think Jay Cutler is probably a small upgrade over Matt Moore. I know people bought into that same hype that is lost every single time this season, which is quarterback coming in the fourth quarter, playing good in garbage minutes, starting the next week, people jumping on him, and they lose every single time. Oh, and four this year. But uh, I still think Jay Cutler is a half a point better than Matt Moore. I will agree with that. Although I have concerns because he had cracked ribs that he may not be a hundred percent this game. All right, quickly, because we spent a lot of time on this game. Matt, this is your one total game. And remember, guys, we didn't prep for this, and we all forgot, I think, is you got one derivative bet to think about. So when in between games, when someone's talking and it starts to get, well, we never get boring on the dream preview, but if you have a second, find your derivative and you can call an audible when you do. And we also have, and derivatives are first half, second half, first quarter, team totals, all kind of different ways to get at a game that you have an opinion on. Um, but we get one total also, Matt, and you've got the total in this game. Uh, it's 44 and a half over or under. I bet this game under, I, I think that there's going to be some continuity problems with this Miami Dolphins offense here. I mean, they're going back to color again after more last week, they got shut out last week. This team, I, I'm looking down the list now. I'm trying to make sure for hundred percent before I say this, but I, I was pretty sure they were the only team who hadn't scored a hundred points yet this season. 
And looking down the list, I'm pretty, I think I'm confirmed at this point, the only team in the entire NFL that is yet to score 100 points combined on the season, the Miami Dolphins. This is a high total. This Oakland offense is not as explosive as everybody thought. They opened up with a huge game against Tennessee. They rallied late and got some penalties to win against Kansas City. Other than that, their scoring has been down. The Miami defense is good. And Miami's offense is the worst in the National Football League, period. Scoring, yards per play, whatever it is. I'm going to take the 32nd offense in the league and bet the game under. Under, only total for Matty Holt, the bookmaker. Faz, you like this game. Yeah, I like Miami. It's all about the situational spot. You lose by 40 points in the NFL, RJ, and you get shut out, and you have 10 days before the next game. Miami may not be very good. Maybe I got them overrated. But we will get the very best of their C-plus game here off of that embarrassing effort Thursday against Baltimore. It is fascinating, though. Three and four Raiders against the four and three Dolphins on the road, favored by almost three and a half. Three and five Raiders. Oh, is that right? Three and five Raiders? Okay. Oh, yeah. That's right. I misread that. Three and five Raiders against the four and three Dolphins and... They're favored by almost three and a half points. So three with extra juice, which means this would almost be a 10 point. If the Raiders were home, they would almost be a 10 point favor over the Dolphins. Wowza. All right. Game number two. This is Fezzik versus Colin Cowherd. Colin does every Tuesday on the herd, his top 10 and Fezzik has a big disagreement. So I guess they disagree with each other, but Colin gets top billing. Fez is the Atlanta Falcons. Colin says, not in my top 10. And listen, most people, any of the media top 10s don't have the Falcons. So most people would say, what? Falcons top 10? They're horrible this year. Fez, you've got the Falcons in your power ratings. Only five teams in the NFL better. You've got them tied for sixth with the Rams and the Seahawks. Explain. Yeah, well, the Falcons are the number one statistical team in the NFL. They're gaining 6.2 yards per play. They're giving up five, so they got a plus 1.2 differential. Last year, that Super Bowl team was about one and a half. Now, I don't solely go by the math. The math, though, is my first step on all these games. As far as the eye test, yes, I am concerned about how the Falcons perform in the red zone. Yes, I am concerned about their, their offensive coordinator, Sark, is definitely struggling. However, this team really has just been unlucky. They were unlucky to lose straight up to the Dolphins, and they absolutely were unlucky to lose to the Bills when Sanu and Jones both went out in the uh, first half of that game, and they're still in position to win a coin flip game. But So they've been unlucky in their games. I'm confident that over the course of the second half of the year here, the Falcons will be a top 10 team. Okay, so it seems to be a reoccurring theme. Is there any game the Bills weren't lucky on? Because every time you talk about the Bills, I'll let you. I'm going to hear Matty Holt's thought. Oh, you got to respond. The, the Jets. They dominated the Jets week one. Okay. That actually. was it. But that's it. Okay. <laughs> All right, Matty. So let's let's first talk about, and, and, and Fez, I'm going to ask you a question on this. Red zone. We talked about it last week. We think the red zone stats, when they differ from the uh, full field stats, offense or defense, is about 75% luck. 25% scheme, 25% certain players do better in the red zone. So usually if you say you've got a team whose stats are at a certain point across the entire field, and then if they're either much better or much worse in the red zone, usually, well, obviously that affects the scoreboard greatly, 
usually there's a lot of luck in that. So we want to fade those differences. Do you agree with that? I agree strongly with that. All right. So Maddie, how do you look at the, the Falcons in general? They are kind of an enigma for me because I, I, I do think that this team's really still very talented on offense, maybe personnel-wise, the top three most talented teams in the NFL. And I, I do agree with Fez that the Sanu and Jones injuries to your one and two receiver at the same time certainly had an effect on them for a few games. Now Sanu's back, Jones is back, fully healthy. I expect this offense to actually pick it up in the red zone. Okay, let's look at the game here. Panthers at home favored by only one, one against this Falcons team. You guys both have leans. Maddie, start with you. So uh, here's another trade this week. Then we talk about, hey, some guys are we're trading for different reasons. Why did the Carolina Panthers, despite the fact that they already lost Greg Olson, one of their premier big receivers, trade their biggest wide receiver in Kelvin Benjamin this week? Uh, locker room, perhaps. <laughs> clear, out, <laughs> clear out the troublemakers. <laughs> I mean, this was a big time playmaker a couple years ago that had some serious injuries and all of a sudden we traded him. And without Greg Olson and Kelvin Benjamin now, that receiving core looks drastically different. They're much smaller. Uh, you don't necessarily have the, the deep threat as much unless you go to the rookie from Ohio State. So, um, you know, McCaffrey, who everyone was so excited about, hasn't turned out to be the player everybody thinks. I, I lean toward Atlanta here. Okay, lean towards the Falcons. So the theory is... I guess what could it be? So Benjamin's contract was up uh, at the end of this year, his rookie deal. Is and they that were, right? And they were pay yes, and they were paying him a lot of money. And from all on his reports, rookie deal, they're paying him a lot of money. I think it was a high number. I they, don't think a rookie deal can be. It's a slotted thing, right? So I mean, he yeah. was the number one, you know, first round pick. But still, the theory is those rookie deals are the sweetheart deals for the for the team. And they were saying that he was eating his way out of the league. He was one of the heaviest wide receivers out there. Okay, so this may not this may be something where it, it, it it's a subtraction on the field, but not so much a cue from the front office. We've given up on the season, but we have a key problem here because apparently Cam and Benjamin got along very well. And we all know Cam Newton is extremely temperamental and emotional. How is he going to respond to a loss like this? Oh, you know something? We got to do it. I love it because we know Cam. We know the psychology is important. His mindset, I think, is important to him. And, you know, who knows if this leads to pouting. I think that's a great. Had you heard that, Matty? I, I had heard that Cam had the best relationship with him of all the receivers. But you have to understand a lot of those guys are new, too. You have a rookie from Ohio State. McCaffrey's a rookie. So it makes sense that he would be closest with Benjamin because Benjamin's kind of the senior leader of that receiving. Yeah, but bar. it also makes sense that absence would affect him more than most, I think. Sure. So great point, Fez. All right. So leaner like, well, you lean to Atlanta. Atlanta. Any other thoughts on the, the handicap on the game? I mean, not so really nothing on the Panthers except Cam's going to be pissed off. That and the Panthers won by 14 points last week, and they won with their defense, not their offense. So their offense is already struggling, arguably. Last question. You were talking about Sarkeesian as the OC struggling. How does an OC struggle? Do you think, because again, I was the one a few weeks ago saying I thought he was overmatched with the X's and O's. You kind of, you know, if I remember, people were kind of poo-pooing that. I don't remember specifically that you did. Do we believe it's X's and O's? Is it that he's good enough, but he's kind of psyching himself out because of all the second half stuff? 
What do you think it is? I think it's the X's and the O's in the red zone. You look at the New England game, they put up plenty of yards. They couldn't score a touchdown. Terrible. Uh, last week, I'm going to give them a little bit of a free pass. They struggled in the red zone against the Jets, but it was in a driving rainstorm. And when I watched the game, it really seemed weather-related. And his play calling looked a little bit better in the red zone. You know, Freeman had that drop on a pass that would have given him first and goal, if not a touchdown. So there were some mistakes, too, by players that certainly had nothing to do with the coaching. Next game, and this is my, not power ratings disagreement, but rather a big question about the adjustment that's going to be made for Jimmy G, Garoppolo, 49ers, as you got them right now, number 30. Only the Colts and only the Browns are worse. Now, we know the 49ers had five straight losses by three points or less. That was a literally a record, an NFL record. And my case was, hey, a field goal here or there, this was a winning team at a certain point. Last two games, some people have stayed on them. And Fez, you did last week. And it doesn't even look like, I mean, you hear the Eagles saying, oh, we didn't really play a good game and they cover easily. So my question is, what do you think about the 49ers before the Garoppolo trade? And what do you, and thus it segues into, what do you think the Jimmy G trade will do for this team? Yeah, I think it's going to be a big shot in the arm. They got five guys injured in that Philadelphia game. They were only trailing three, nothing rather through two minutes. <laughs> Uh, no, middle of the second quarter, and then they threw a pick six from their own 40. And then That's what happens when you bet on this, this when you quarterback. you bet on a bad quarterback. Exactly. So I think uh, Jimmy G probably going to be a four-point upgrade. I think it'll be more as the season progresses. When he's ready to start, he won't know all the systems, won't have all the familiarity. He's probably seven points better by the end of the year. So look for improvement under Shanahan and under Jimmy G throughout the rest of the year. So how many quarterbacks in the league right now are seven points better than their backup? I mean, obviously, Rodgers, we saw that was 10. Brady now over Hoyer. Luck we already saw this year. Yeah, luck. But, I mean, could the case be made there's not more than six or seven? The New York Jets. McCown is worth seven points because Bryce Petty is his backup. It's all about the backup. Okay. But but what I'm saying is that I don't know if that's true, but I think it's a lot of points, right? Probably close at minimum. But the point I'm saying is you're saying that immediately Jimmy G becomes one of the seven or eight most valuable quarterbacks in the NFL. Absolutely. You agree with that, Matty? I don't know. I think we're going to need a bigger sample size to prove it. If nothing else, I mean, uh, he can't be any worse than Brethard, right? And my biggest question. Well, we know he's not worse. My biggest question mark right like now. If we were debating if McDonald's or In-N-Out had a better burger. Like, yeah, it's not a debate. We know it's In-N-Out. The question is by how much, right? Jimmy G's better. Could he be one of the six or seven biggest differentials between starter and backup? He, he could be. Here's why I don't think he is. I've read, and again, this is just me reading, Shanahan's offense took Matt Ryan more than a season. If you actually look at first year, that Shanahan offense uh, Matt Ryan had a bad year before last year. So not last year, but the year before that was Shanahan's first year, if I'm not mistaken, his second. And then we came in thinking Matt Ryan's old. That was all the talk right before the Super Bowl year in Vegas. Then he had a career year. So if it takes Matt Ryan a full off season and a full season, and another off season, I think this year we might have to expect less out of Jimmy G and the theory being, we won't really know till the second half of next year, how good he is in this offense. You know, that's a great point. I really should amend and say he will be worth an eight point upgrade. It's probably going to take longer than I'm anticipating. And it might take longer than we would think because of the complexity. 
All right, let's look at the game. Interesting stuff. I will say this. If you look at the line move, and I put this on my Twitter, is I actually showed the line move the day of the trade. And, oh, by the way, you can follow me on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. Thank you, Stephen A. Is there was a significant, well, we'll call it a somewhat significant move in favor of the 49ers. Like a point and a half or two points, but not key numbers. So everyone's like, well, wait a minute. They're not, he's not going to start this week. Why? To me, it was the psychology. It was that opposite of the cue. The GM is given a cue. You guys aren't making the playoffs. We're going to start saving money. Or, hey, you know, uh, we, we think that we're going for the number one pick. We're making some trades. Like, whatever, the negative cues, this is a cue that our biggest problem is solved. Wink, wink, even if we play hard the rest of the year, we probably have a top five pick, right? So we trade, you know, we, who knows if they end up signing cousins, they might, who knows what they end up doing. This is a free, not a free roll, but they're taking a chance with Jimmy G. They might think halfway through this or, you know, through the end of the season at the end, say, you know, he's just not our quarterback. So yeah, second round picks fairly expensive for that. They might sign Cousins. They might draft a quarterback top five. I mean, this team's in a great quarterback position all of a sudden. I think it's got the whole team excited. Agree or disagree? I disagree because the line move was minus. Arizona's laying two and a half. Mm -hmm. It became pick when the news broke because people were saying, oh, Jimmy G's going to start. Well, so wait a minute. You're thinking the Sharps because that's who's moving a line on a freaking Monday or Tuesday, right? Not off information. So uh, normally you're 100% right. The line moves Monday or Tuesday off, off sharp action, except for when the public gets a trigger in their mind that makes them bet that early, Zeke suspended, or hey, Jimmy G traded. So the public will actually, because it's funny, if you look and if you go up to pregame.com and look at the, and click the Game Center tab and go into the the um, consensus, if you look at the betting handle, it's crazy, like Sunday afternoon, how low the handle is for the Monday night game. Like, there's hardly any games, you know, even the four o'clocks have kicked off, but everyone's got their bank rolling. Act- the small betters all got their bank rolling action. And it's shocking how little you, you, even on the college Saturday, if it's a night game, you won't see it get bet. And Maddie, you're behind the counter. I'm just looking at one screen. Do you agree in general come Monday? And I'm not saying this contradicts your point, I just want to set the stage here. Would you agree come Monday, uh, I'm sorry, Sunday afternoon, even after the late games or the 4 o'clock Eastern's kick, that you still haven't gotten even 10% of your Monday night action for the week? No, we've gotten more than 10% of our Monday night action. Okay. Because there's so many parlays, teasers. That oh, are okay, but I'm saying on, the, on the straight bets. Uh, yeah, that's probably a fair statement. All right, so, but you're saying, one second, Fez? I got it. <laughs> He's waving. <laughs> <laughs> Hey now. <laughs> All right, hold on. Is the, the my point being, you're saying the one thing they'll take the rubber band off for a week ahead and put their bankroll in play is off information? We're talking about the public here. You're yeah. saying, hey, yes, they will come out for information because it triggers something. Hey, normally Tuesday, I don't even think about betting, but hey, Zeke's out. Maybe okay. I don't want to. I just look, learned something. I just learned something. I brought in a sheet today that is our handle over the counter when I left to come in today. 
99% of dollars wagered, and I'm showing it to everyone so they know it's true, 99% of dollars wagered over the counter on this game as of when I left the office at noon on the San Francisco 49ers. Go, Fez. All right, this line move from two and a half to pick had nothing to do with the betters. Pinnacle Sports opened it back up, and they got news of this Jimmy G, and they made a mistake, and they made a pick them, and then the... Maybe they didn't make a mistake. Maybe they were making a pick them because of my logic, and the other batters don't see it, so they're batting it away from that pick but my logic was right all along. Well, that pick only lasted about 23 seconds. Which was the batter saying, we disagree with yeah, Henry bat- and Pinnacle. I'll take Henry's side. I won't take Henry's side on an opener. I'll take his side on a closer. Well, I tell you, he, the fact that they opened back up off market, were they the first ones to open back up? Yes, and they, they bailed completely and recognized that their number was bad. All right, interesting. Me and Henry on one side, Matt Holt and Fezzik on the other. Guys, don't, you don't kill him on Twitter saying that I'm such a big favorite, please. All right, next game. So <laughs> just to be clear then, Fezzik, Lean, Arizona, and... Well, we actually didn't even get into the game. So let's give the number one factor in each game and give your lean. You lean Arizona Fez, number one factor. Number one factor is just the injuries on San Francisco. I think that five guys leaving during the game against Philadelphia, I think they're unbackable. And and we talk about psychology here. CJ Brethard, this is a guy thought he was going to be a backup, got thrust into the starter role, not because of injury, but because he was said, here, we're handing the reins over to you. And now without having those reins taken away from him, He's like, uh, you're not good enough. And oh, by the way, your replacement's coming in, but he doesn't know the playbook yet. How motivated are you to go out there and light the world up this week? So lean Arizona. Yes. Okay. Next game. We got the big move game. The big move game. This baby Jags opened up two at home against the Bengals. Got bet up to five through that key number of three. And Matty Holt, you like this game. Yeah, I like Cincinnati in this spot. Look, I hated Cincinnati last week, and I told you all I couldn't understand how you could ever lay 11 points with the Cincinnati Bengals. But what this Cincinnati team is good at is grinding out in ugly, tough games. This is a situation where the Jacksonville defense might be one of the three best defenses in the league. But when that running game doesn't really get going, this offense tends to stagnate quickly. Cincinnati, a top three passing defense in the NFL. This one figures to be a low-scoring game. I always love taking more than a field goal in a very low-scoring game. I expect both of these teams to try to run the football a lot at each other. And I'm going to take Cincy. Fess, leaner like? I lean Jacksonville. And I'm playing psychologist, so it's always dangerous. I thought you said you weren't a psychologist. I'm not, but I still play it (laughs) on TV. And on the radio, so Jacksonville has alternated wins and losses all year long. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win. After that happened seven straight weeks. Normally, a Jacksonville team off of win is a team I want to avoid. But surely, with a pattern like this, and I think they're a fine team this year, I have them two and a half points better in my power ratings. I also think they will be a little more than the negligible home field advantage of the typical bad Jacksonville teams. I think that they will have this game circled to try to put together their first winning streak of the year. Now let me They're try- circling the Bengals. Let me wrap my mind around this now. So you're saying they're due. Really? <laughs> I'm saying they're not going to let up after a win because the but, coaches but, will be screaming because at them. Because they do not to let because, up after a because win. Because they've lost after every win but, all year long. But really, the, the third the third time they were faced with this, so they had the win-loss, win-loss, and then win. The third time, they, didn't get, they, they weren't screamed at this time, but the fourth time, they're going to get screamed at. That's correct. 
Faz, you know you can pass too. This is the first <laughs> RJ, this is the first time all year that and now the, all the media and everyone's talking about all oh, the uh, the the back and forth on the win loss. It's the first time it's really gone public this whole trend. I should announce for new listeners, we get we're growing every week. By the way, we got a little bonus for you at the end of the show. Fez is the only man on the planet to win the super contest twice. 31 years of the biggest handicapping contest in the world. Fezzik won it twice. Only guy ever did it back to back to show off. Matt, if someone walked up to you and bet, let's say a nickel, and you just looked at it and you said, why are you betting the Jags? And they just explained that. What, would you make like a quick note in the book that, that like, take anything from this guy? Yes. Like, <laughs> he can bet whatever he wants. <laughs> he can bet it's all an open, act open, to increase my limits. Open order. Open order. <laughs> Look, the one team that the Sharps have been wrong on all year long, the Cincinnati Bengals. They were on them hot and heavy against the Houston Texans in Deshaun Watson's first start. They lost that one. They were all they were against them against the Cleveland Browns, and they blew the Browns out. They were all over them against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh blew them out. They were all over them last week, laying a huge number to Indianapolis, and Indianapolis should have won the game outright. Now, all of a sudden, the Sharps are back off them again. The Sharps have been really bad on Cincy like they were with Cleveland last year. Just makes me want to take Cincy more this week. That's interesting. Uh, last question on this game. I think Jacksonville is one of those teams. I've been delving into the X's and O's. We talked about it on the college dream preview. Matty Holt was a special guest. You should have heard him. He was going, daddy's here. And like, he was like <laughs> making sure they acted right. Cause he, he was the authority. Fez comes in all polite. Like he hadn't been there before. Maddie's like, daddy's here. <laughs> so it's a good, if you have, if you like college football, it's a good listen with Maddie this week. And obviously Brad powers, Ken Thompson and myself hosting. Here's, here's my question. The reason I brought it up is we were talking about X's and O's. Oftentimes those are the biggest winning batters because they're so rare. So few batters really get the X's and O's. Who gave the X's and O's play? Um, you did. Oh, yeah. Okay. Did it win? Not yet. <laughs> Going to. Let's wait before yeah. we take your bow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here's my question. I think Jacksonville is one of those teams, if you can stop them running, they're in trouble. How do we rate the Bengals' rush defense? I would say average, about average. Fast? Give up 3.8 yards per rush. They're well above the league average. I'd say above average. So above as in they're giving up less than the league. So better. Yeah, they're giving up under four. That's a fine yeah. number. Okay, so that makes me, I mean, if you're if they're laying, because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. A couple weeks ago, Jack, Cincinnati was plus three and a half at Pittsburgh. At Pittsburgh. And now they're plus five? At Jacksonville. <laughs> With the worst home, one of the worst home fields in the league? So if you so want, fast, if you want to swing this, you can. If you want to bet, I know against, you don't want to give up your zigzag it was reverse theory. <laughs> but I agree. If you wanted to bet against the Bengals, what are you doing laying five with the Jacksonville team when you could have laid three and a half even money with the Pittsburgh Steelers that are the favorite, one of the favorites to win the Super Bowl? You know, I think this might be a Kevin and Bean pick off a side. I'm going to start the. I usually don't fade Fez, but I, I don't want to go against the zig, just zig, the zig, zig reverse. Just the, the I think in wrestling they call it the swerve. Yeah. Now, are you are you willing to just reverse your pick on it? Do you want to lean on? Well, the you bet? always tell me I need to lean everything. I'm going to pass this game. Oh, did you pass any other game? No. Okay, so we worked them off a of play. Now that <laughs> that is an accomplishment. That wait, hold on. That's an accomplishment. Next game. We're going to go through this one quick. This is a QB game. It's the Ravens at the Titans. Four and a half. I mean, obviously, it looks like as of the Wednesday afternoon taping here in Vegas, Flacco's going to play. 
question is, he's never had a concussion before. So you officially, hear, yeah. So you hear quarterbacks, you know, years later say, Oh, I, I really was only 85%. Because again, this isn't about passing a baseline test like to drive a car. This is like some of the sharpest minds in the world you got to be to read these defenses. Do we, a couple questions here. Do we think maybe Flacco playing is less than 100%? You know, obviously it'd be mental in this case. Is what do we think about the Titans quarterback and his mobility? Let's just talk quarterbacks, Matty. I don't know what his physical status is. We're not doctors. We're not in the locker room. But I think that we think that we as betters, we as viewers, we as fans might think it's a little worse because the hit looked so devastating when you saw it happen on TV. But if you're a guy that has never had a concussion and let's just accept, you know, the doctors and all that, we know at times there's been stuff hidden. obviously it had to be pretty bad. There was blood coming out of his ears. Oh my God. After that. What do you think? I think that Flacco's not going to run the ball at all. And a great prop is rush yards under there was, he was harshly, not harshly, but criticized for not getting down fast enough, letting the defender for the dolphins have the cheap shot on him. That was borderline illegal. Flacco's not going to run and contrast that with Mariota who hasn't been running with a torn hamstring that's recovering from he probably will be much more mobile. Okay, so this could be our derivative play. We don't have the exact number, but they have for Flacco every week they'll have over under rush yards. It's really hard to find the rush yards. The pass yards are what they put up for everybody. All right, so you're given a play that no one can really bet. <laughs> that, that's right. But I do lean to the Titans. Yeah, I got a play that nobody could get down you got on. got one quarterback that's going to be much more mobile and one quarterback that's going to be extremely less mobile. <laughs> I, I got my derivative. It's coming. Right, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give, give us another derivative. Just something that we can't back. <laughs> you know, I, I swear to God, what? I got this great derivative play. RJ goes, well, where could you bet on it? Nowhere. <laughs> Nowhere now, he, here's the short thing. He's got like two yeah. places he can bet on. Yeah. He doesn't want to say, but, <laughs> but yeah, he's smiling, <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh. I swear to God, someone gave a derivative <laughs> bet once. I can't remember who it wasn't a pregame. And he said, now there's no one that's got this up, but it's an interesting <laughs> bar bet. Like you should just go around <laughs> trying to find someone in a bar that will bet you on. <laughs> All right, so we uh, do. So of the plays you can bat, <laughs> you lean tight or you lean tights, correct? I do. One more, one more factor. <laughs> Baltimore is overrated because they got a nice win against the Raiders when Carr was out and Manuel got to play. So they have a phony strength of schedule. It's much weaker than it actually looks like. <laughs> All right, Matt, you lean or like? I certainly lean toward Tennessee here for a lot of the reasons Fez just said. I actually think we're going to see the best Marcus Mariota that we've gotten to see in the last five weeks this week. The healthiest Mariota, the best Mariota against the team that's struggling that might be a little overrated coming off a 40 to nothing loss because they've been on the other side of those games this year, the Baltimore Ravens, for a reason. Pregame.com, that's Matty Holt. Steve Fezzik. Now, how much fun are we having? <laughs> you know, it's funny. Fez moves uh, away from the mic, so his laughs aren't heard. He doesn't yeah. want, if he's you laugh- have 78 outs, you might be able to find that derivative <laughs> somewhere. BetDSI.com has been in business for over 20 years paying winners. They're A-plus rated on sportsbook review sites, and you get to use your sports knowledge to make some extra cash. Why sit on all those smarts if you're not going to use them? BetDSI's easy-to-use mobile playing interface makes things simple. Play, win, 
get paid. BetDSI offers odds on everything football, including live betting and props as games are in action. Plus, BetDSI offers odds on pretty much everything else, too, including all major sports, politics, and even reality TV. Use promo code BELL25 to get a $25 free wager just for registering. If you decide to deposit, you will get a 200% bonus match on your money. Here at Podcast One, we play on BetDSI, and let me tell you something. If you want to add a little excitement to the games you're watching, BetDSI is the place to be. So be sure to go to BetDSI.com and use the promo code BELL25 to get a free $25 wager on the house and 200% extra bonus when you deposit. That's BELL25 to get your free wager and start winning today with BetDSI. All right, guys. The, all the play is over. It's crossfire time. We've got the Bucks. We've got the Saints. Right now, Saints favored by seven. And listen, I, I've got to be honest, Fez is probably my favorite pro on a personal level, right? I think it's because he works so hard. I mean, he is, you know, we've got a lot of hardworking pros. And a guy that doesn't do a lot of media for us is so good, Dave Esler. If you guys haven't gone to the forums up at pregame.com, Dave Esler may be one of the 10, I would say, sharpest public handicappers of all sports. He's good at pretty much everything. And... You know, he puts up a ton of free written content, so I really appreciate it. But Fez is there. If I tell him at 2.30 in the morning, hey, we need to do something, he might grumble a little bit, but it gets done, this guy. So I'm going to let him go first on this one, Fez. So it is the Saints minus seven, crossfire, you like? New Orleans Saints. Go. Laying the seven. You know, they really should have covered against the Chicago Bears last week. They completely outplayed the Bears. Red zone fumbles, two of them by Ingram going in, costing them arguably 7, 10, 14 points. And that was the margin for the cover. They win by eight. They don't cover laying eight and a half. Undervalued the Saints. What have we seen from the Saints in their good years? And they're good this year. They are a juggernaut in that dome where the crowd is rocking on their good years. You don't want to step in front of that. They've had some tremendous records against the spread as big favorites and I got to tell you I'm worried about Tampa Bay's offense there was no reason that their defense is lousy their defense finally played a good game and I'm worried about Winston's shoulder they can only put up three points last week I do not think that that's just execution I think that that's an injury to Winston that's lingering well I tell you this the the Saints I agree with a couple of things you said one, that was the best home field I'd ever seen for years and years. I mean, even when they were get, playing teams that were some of the best in the league, they'd be laying four and a half and five when the Saints were one of the better teams because at home field, they went, I think it was 19-0-2 at one point against the spread at home. I mean, imagine when they were jacking those lines at the end and they kept covering. And, got, and, that, and then for a couple of years, they haven't. Why? Because I think it's about the crowd. So I think like Seattle, it's about the crowd with New Orleans. Also, they're running the ball. If you look at football outsiders, more efficiently the Saints are than they're passing. And their defense, if you actually look from week four onward, third in the league in points given up. So, now listen, that's a smallish sample size. But if the D is even 16, let's say middle of the road, and they can run better than they pass, I mean, this Saints team is a good team. So, hmm, Fez very convincing. He has the Saints minus seven. Mr. Holt. So we talk about the Saints run game and how that's improved so much. Obviously, they traded away Adrian Peterson to the Arizona Cardinals. Their best running back. The reason that their running game has been so much more improved is the play of Mark Ingram as of late. But to Fez's point, which was almost accurate, 
two fumbles inside the 25. Not exactly the red zone. One of them at the 23. Both inside the 25. Not quite the red zone, but close enough. Both within scoring range, certainly for the New Orleans Saints. And Sean Payton went absolutely ballistic on Mark Ingram after that second fumble. In fact, he wasn't hearing any of it anymore. He was just screaming at him. That has to and always does land a player in a coach's doghouse. When you fumble twice in scoring position in a game you're trying to lock up, that will land you in the doghouse. Not only will it land you in the doghouse, you're probably going to be a little more tentative because you have to focus on holding on to the football now when you're actually running it. The rest of the running backs aren't so great now, and the depth at the running back position is a lot less. Tampa Bay's four games prior to last week, all five-point games. Lost by five to the Patriots, lost by three to Buffalo, uh, lost by two to the New York Giants. This is a team that all season long, although they haven't been winning them, has been playing close football games. I expect this one to be close versus a division rival. Okay, that's a professional presentation. Here's what concerns me. From what I hear, and this is from Mike Lombardi, is there's some dissension in the locker room. Is it Cutter, is that his name, is probably on the way out. And I don't think it's a very disciplined team. So to me, this could be a team that really lays some eggs. So I don't love laying seven, but I'm going to lean. Taking seven. Yeah, yeah, I'm saying I like the Saints here. I don't love leaning seven. (laughs) Fez, I'm giving you the win. And I do think Kamara is a backup running back for Ingram is one of the better backup running backs in the league. But I don't, I mean, do we know he's going to sit him the whole game? I think he sits him the first half of the first quarter and says, go, now be serious. Right. No, I don't think he's going to sit him the whole game, but I think it has an impact. But if anything, it might help. It, like, usually guys that don't fumble historically. But he does fumble well, historically. I mean, not a crazy amount, though. He's a, 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 he cost him a playoff win against Seattle Seahawks with a fumble. All right. Well, that's why they have chocolate and vanilla ice cream. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> and, that, and that's why Matty Holt loves sitting in the middle with 11 to 10. All right. Next game. Pros versus Joes. This is the Rams. This is the Giants. Sharp money. Sharp on the Giants. Rams, though, 79% of the tickets. So the Joes betting the Rams. Giants, Sharps, Fez, leaner like. Lean to the public side, the Rams. Now, no Huey, because we don't hit him with Huey for leans. We force the leans. We hit him for the likes. You know, I always hear about that sharp money. I Sometimes I think it's just money. The, um, they bet the Giants against Seattle. How'd that work out with the Giants at home? I go back to, I've seen this movie all year long. It started week one. When the Giants wide receivers are injured, they cannot move the ball. We saw them get three points against that vaunted Dallas Cowboy offense, lost 19 to three. Then the Detroit Lions, they have no defense. Well, they only scored 10 points against the Detroit Lions week two. Well, they're back with all their wide receiver injuries. Only Shepard's going to play. Not enough firepower for Eli to score. All right. Interesting. So lean against the sharp action for Fez. He's on the Rams. Matty Holt. I'm going to lean giants here. Look, the, uh, the New York giants eight and O straight up last eight times. They have played the Los Angeles Rams that hold on a second, Matty. I'm reading the notes here, and it says Matty Holt leans Rams. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I just flip flopped it to go off. How, how can they Fez. be eight? How can they be eight? No, you Rams know something. Have only been in L.A. for 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 a year. You know something because he was. We gave him. We let him off the hook. He wasn't going to get hit with Huey. <laughs> so let's see. Matty Holt leans Rams. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> 
See? If you've got to avoid it, you're going to hit so what was your original thought on Lean and Rams? Same thing, that there's just not enough firepower. And just like the Cleveland Browns and the Jacksonville Jaguars last year where the Sharps bet them every single week and lost money, I understand the spot's better for the Giants here. Um, that this is a game where historically they've won eight, no straight up last eight. That has to mean something with the familiarity that you beat this team eight straight times. But I just don't know that they can outshoot the Rams here. And at the end of the day, if I if gunned ahead, I'd probably go ahead and lay it. And I'll tell you guys, this is a good lesson because there's two times not to bet a game. One is if the line is correct. And number In two. In fact, I'd like to use my pass. Oh, <laughs> Listen, you've been having you. Everything else is just talking. Yeah. <laughs> and you used your pass already the first no. game. I remember. Okay. Um, but, but the two times not to bet. If the line is correct or you don't know what the crack line should be. And to me, this feels like a crack line, which is Rams favorite by three and a half on the road because Rams are a little, uh, there's a lot of Rams love right now, right? Obviously the pros or the Joes are on them. And the giants are one of those teams that, that the pros are willing to grit it out with because they feel like they're cheap, but sometimes cheap teams are cheap for a reason. Right? So, and I'm not always anxious. I, I, it feels to me that, that, the, the old school sharps that play every bad team seemingly every week, it seems like those guys are, are dying out. And and would you agree with that? I'm not uh, saying I this game agree. specifically. But we've seen it the last few years where that, hey, just play those crappy teams because the numbers have to be inflated. That type of thought process is not a winning one anymore. All right, moving on. And the stakes are going up. We've got the sharp money game. We've got one double like. And three best bets. Five games, all of them bettable games. First, the sharp money game. Redskins, Seahawks. Seahawks at home, seven and a half, minus 105. Redskins is the sharp action. Redskins, sharp, Seattle, not. Fezzik, lean or like? I'm on the square side. I lean to Seattle, although there's sevens out there. And it all comes down to two teams going in opposite directions. Love what Seattle's doing on offense. They make the trade. They pick up a key offensive lineman from the Houston Texans to help bolster Russell Wilson's protection. And we see this team. I can't believe it. They're averaging 5.6 yards per play. They have an above average offense right now, statistically, after starting so slow. And at what point enough is enough with Washington? Remember before the season started, Cousins loses both of his 1,000-yard wide receivers. They're really weak at wide receiver, but he's a pretty darn good quarterback. But now, every one of their offensive linemen, all five, are on the injury report and banged up, along with two of his tight ends. They don't have a running game, so what's left for Cousins to be able to move the ball with? All the pieces are injured or gone. Yeah, and, and I tell you, this falls into that Seattle in a competitive home game. Well, I guess if it's seven, it is which they didn't cover last week, but their history is outstanding. And Fez, you were on the skins last week on the Fox sports radio show. I was pretty adamant. You were wrong about that one. Do you, do you want to just say, you know, RJ, I should have listened or you want to just let it go. It's up to you. I'll let it go. <laughs> and by the way, that Fox show Friday night, 11 Pacific to midnight and Saturday night, 10 Pacific to midnight. And we preview college, preview NFL, recap college on Saturday, 330 stations across the country, Sirius 83. Uh, great feedback on that so far, guys. And we have Fez. We have a professional 
you know, terrestrial radio host, Steve Cofield, who is quite good. Brad Powers, really good stuff. All right. Maddie, leaner like. Pretty sure that I used my total in my first game of the night. I'm going to go ahead and use my pass here. Washington, 9-23 and 23 against the spread last 32 road games. This is a spot where they're just not getting the job done. There's a ton of injuries, but Seattle has not been a good against the spread team. Uh, especially in these late afternoon starts, two and a nine and eleven, uh, two and nine last eleven against the spread in the late afternoon starts. Granted, they're coming off a win, but not a cover again against Houston last week. They did get the cover uh, the week before, but this hasn't been a great spot historically for Seattle against the spread. So I am not eager to lay the points here, despite the injuries. It has to be a pass. The I, I think in general, O-line injuries, especially if they're cluster, multiple cluster injuries are underrated. Do we all agree with that? Yes. Yeah, I would lean pretty hard towards Seattle here. But uh, if I had to say now at the six, I love Seattle, right, which was the opener. But where did you guys open up at CG Technology? Six and a half. And now yeah, see, I, I would love seven it and a half. And it's yeah. seven and a half gun to head. I'm taking Washington. Yeah, I think you're right. All right, guys, we got a double light coming up first, though. This one's easy. You guys came through. We had a flat week a couple weeks ago. You guys came, got us up next week and up again this week. And here's your coupon. Whenever we go up, we go up in the coupon. So here's the coupon this week, guys. NFL Dream 12. So NFL, all caps, Dream, all caps, 12. That's a one and a two, the numbers. 12 bucks off anything. So if you want to get Fezzik's very best NFL stuff, late release information with all the late info, just go to pregame.com, click buy picks, pick anything you want in the cart, Fez, anyone, and put that coupon in NFL dream 12 and you get 12 bucks off. So about half price on any of those Sunday packages. So good stuff. If you want the best bets and so many of you have been using the coupons and thank you for each week, helping us grow. I mean, it's been a couple of weeks since we went over a million listeners on the season. We'll be at 2 million before you know it. Why does this happen? Because you share with your friends by email, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, and we see that all the time. Also, you can tell people verbally. All you got to do is search for Dream Preview or RJ Bell on any of the players. You're going to find us. And guys, remember, I get a lot of stuff on Twitter on Thursdays. It's like, where's the preview? Where's the preview? Well, if you're subscribed, you would get it like at 6 a.m. or before. You'd be the first to get it, and it's free to subscribe. You don't have to wait for me on Twitter with that if you subscribe. Or give us a five-star rating in iTunes. We actually have a perfect five-star rating. That is rare. Not one person. Now, I I hope if you've listened this long, you're not going to want to troll us. But, hey, we'll take a chance. But a perfect five-star rating so far. I think there was... um, Almost 50 ratings on it. So, I mean, a lot of love for the preview. We really appreciate that. Thanks for helping us grow. We really, really appreciate that. Hey, one last thing before we get to the double like. Ton of attention on Twitter about this big World Series better. Now, we're taping right before the World Series game is starting on uh, uh, Wednesday. So, game seven is going to be over by the time this is up. We could talk about this because there's a ton of stuff to say. Uh, this better was betting millions and millions of dollars. We broke the story, got almost, uh, almost 3000 retweets on it. I mean, the whole media picked up on it. And quite frankly, there was a number of Las Vegas books, one specifically 
that did some stuff. I think we got a debate, right? I personally think it was probably wrong. I think there's other perspectives, but what really upsets me is the fact that the, the, the conversation isn't happening and it's a situation where I don't care if it's ESPN, they're trying to do stuff with chalk. I mean, they've lost some of their key people over there through layoff. They also lost the guy who was running it. He went to another company. So, you know, they're trying to do stuff, right? So you've got that. Why isn't this being discussed by the quote unquote journalists? And it's not. And I don't really consider myself a journalist, but I think I'm going to have to step up and become one because no one else is doing it. We'll talk about that next week at length because I think it needs to be talked about, but we want the dust to settle on that beforehand. All right. Double like time. Maddie, you were flashing something. What was it? Uh, Astros up five to nothing in the bottom of the second of game seven of the world series. As wow. We record. Wow. So listen, think about the dedication right now that we're, we're not rushing through to actually get to the game because well, cause it's a dream, baby. Hardest working team out there. All right, let's get to the double like, and then three best bets, Broncos, Eagles, Eagles at home favored by eight. Mr. Holt, who do you like? I'm going to lean Denver here for a lot. Whoa, whoa. Is there a double oh, like? like? You like, yeah, I Denver. like Denver. Yeah, I do like to, Denver. You might have to print out your sheet for this, baby. <laughs> you like Denver. Yeah, I do. Look, Denver, four and one against the spread. Last five versus Philadelphia. Despite the fact that it's a short week here, I love this Denver defense. And I think sometimes when your defense is so good and your quarterback is playing so mad, so bad, it can demoralize your defense of why do we keep doing this? Oh, here comes another pick. Oh, a fumble for a touchdown. I think the defense will actually get a jolt of energy this week with Brock Osweiler returning to the starting lineup for the Broncos. And, and despite the fact that it's a new starter and a benching this week, this is a guy, as we know, has familiarity with this Denver Broncos system, the offense they want to run, some of the receivers and running backs that were still there when he was quarterback. I actually think this is going to be a lot tighter game than most people expect. And I like Denver. I agree 100% about the jolt of energy, even if it's an unknown, right? Anybody, it's like better than what we know. Simeon is hurt to some degree with his shoulder and those defenses were pressing in a way he went from being 16th, 18th, 20th best quarterback Simeon to being one of the worst in the league. That just doesn't happen like that. So my question is to you, Maddie, do we have any reason to think the ostrich as Faz calls him, is going to be any better than he was with Houston last year? I, I think he will be because Why? when he was with Denver before his numbers were better than he, when he was with Houston. So when he was with this same team, with this same cast of players, basically Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, although Sanders is hurt now, Demarius Thomas still is a number one receiver. He was better than that's how he got the big contract to go to Houston. All right. So we Fez agree with the psychology of this. Do we think though that, that it's going to be a jolt for Denver's defense and the offense? Do we think, that Osweiler is better than Simeon as he exists right now. Do you upgrade the quarterback beyond the psychology? Oh, very much so. I'm not even sure that a healthy Simeon is better than Osweiler. It's all about how big that contract was. I think they're comparable quarterbacks. Let's look at turnover differential. Well, but I'm confused. If they're comparable... And you said, I don't know. So you're saying when, if Simeon is healthy, you think it's a close call. It's a close call. Simeon might be half a point better, but Simeon's not close to being healthy. Okay, go. So maybe Osweiler's two points better. Maybe locker room. So you like Denver too? I like Denver. Maybe locker room problems. Normally, if you bring Osweiler in, not the most popular guy, the way he left the organization, money grab. But who 
Who's not going to grab the money when they get an opportunity like that? The heist. The heist and the fact that he can come back here and save the team. We always talk about turnover differential. This is my turnover differential game of the week, RJ. We got minus 11 Denver. A big part of that is the bad quarterback play by Simeon. Bad turnovers. Predictable turnovers. Well, Kansas City's plus five. And if we saw one thing, if we watched that Monday night football game closely, after Kansas City got ahead, they gave up on Simeon and they just pounded the rock. And this team can run the ball and they stuff the run. They're 4.4 yards per play running. They only give up three yards per play against the run. So if they get down in this game, I fully expect they're going to stick with the run and be effective with it. Okay, so this is not a play against the Eagles because you have the Patriots as the best team in the league. And then a half a point behind them, the Eagles and the Steelers. So you like the Eagles. What do we think? Uh, Peter's out at left tackle. Heard a lot of jibber-jabber about that. Now they've traded for a running back. In general, what's our thoughts on the Eagles? I think the Eagles are a deserved top five team in the NFL. I do think there's some holes in that secondary still. We're going to have to see how Jai works out in this Miami, I mean, in this Philadelphia offense coming over from Miami because he, he, you know, essentially a lot of people expect him to take that power running back role, but there's already somebody in that power running back role. So they're probably going to have to figure out a role between Wendell Smallwood and, 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 Garrett Blunt and how he fits in there right away. I don't think he's going to have an immediate impact, but, but I think there's some exploitable holes to this Philly defense that some teams have taken advantage of that maybe Brock Osweiler could take advantage of this week or Trevor Simeon wouldn't be able to. Same question you Fez. Eagles in general. I think they may have peaked um, their injury. What does that even mean? That'd so be, they're going to stay they did this at the seven year, and one right? level the rest of the year. No, they're going to stay more. My power ratings have them. We're about four, four and a half points better than an average team. I don't, which is the second best team in the league. Yes. But, so they've peaked at number two, but typically a Super Bowl <laughs> team, RJ is about eight points better. So, but no one's eight points better. But someone will be by the end of the year. And I don't think it's going to be the Eagles. Who do you take? If you get 10,000 bucks, someone wins a Super Bowl. Who do you take? Patriots, Pittsburgh Steelers. Interesting. I take the Patriots, but I think the Steelers have the biggest upside. It's just a big uncertainty. And I think the Eagles are the best team right now. Isn't that interesting? Three very similar questions. Who's the best team so far? Eagles, I think. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Pats. Who has the biggest potential? Steelers. Yeah, the Steelers could be eight points better than average team by December. It's possible, not probable. Or they could miss the playoffs. They could. All right, double like. It's official on the Broncos plus eight. All right, guys. Best bet time. Don't know about the future. Okay, Matty Holt, give us a piece of your mind. You have a best bet on the Monday night game. I'm going to go with the Green Bay Packers in this spot, despite the fact that Aaron Rodgers is out. I really like the fact that Brett Hundley has had an extra week to prepare for this game. Not only has he had an extra week, but they're going to play on Monday night, so he gets a full extra another night, too, on top of that rest and preparation. Green Bay is 24-1, and last 25 versus Detroit Lions at home. They absolutely own the Lions here at Lambeau Field, and now they're catching points in a scenario where they've won 24 out of 25. Hunley will be better prepared. Detroit's offensive line woes are as bad as any team in the NFL. In fact, their entire starting five offensive line was on the injured list last week as Greg Robinson was the only one that was healthy and he ended up being ruled out as well. They have four of their five starting offensive linemen on the IR 
Injuries just as bad for Detroit outside the quarterback position as Green Bay. Hunley with the extra prep. I'm taking Green Bay at home. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. I, I tend to agree with this one. Now, listen, we're not going to drill you to the wall on this, but this Lions team, you were high on, right? What What has been I mean, injuries, it's too easy just to say injuries. What did you get well, wrong? Well, we just talked about cluster injuries on the offensive line. But that's I'm, been the case the last six weeks? No. So, I mean, at what point? So, if this O-line gets healthy, you think the Lions are right there? I really liked their offense. And in the first three weeks of the season, much like the New Orleans has played the last four weeks, they have a young defense that has played better in New Orleans. The first three weeks of the season, I thought the Detroit Lions young defense had stepped up and looked a lot better, but they're still really vulnerable both against the run and against the pass and extremely vulnerable to big plays, uh, which they tend to give up like the Patriots have been this year. And look, their offensive line, all five starters. That's hard to replace. No doubt. Okay. Quick question. Hunley, before he came in, when Rogers was hurt, we saw him mostly in the preseason. And there was the whispers out of the Packers camp. And the sense was, hey, he's good. Like, this guy's smart. We're, we're bringing him along slowly. We've seen him replace. We've seen him play one game. What do we think of Hunley differently than we would have thought before that, those, that game and a half or so? Look, and I had Green Bay plus the six against New Orleans in that game. And Green Bay. I did too. Yeah, Green Bay was winning that game 17 to 16 midway through the fourth quarter. We looked great in that game. But how did Hunley look? He looked okay. He had only thrown for about 100 yards, but they weren't throwing the ball a lot. They were trying to dumb down the offense for him, dump pass, screen pass, run the football, get the, you know, move the pocket for him. I think now with an extended amount of time to really understand this playbook and an extra in the bye week, that he'll have an expanded playbook this week. Same question to you, Fez, and we'll get your leaner like, is Hunley, what have you learned about him with new information? Yeah, I think we need more information because he wasn't that good against the Saints. But here's what I really like about Hunley. Normally, when you go into a bye week, if you've got a superstar quarterback, he's going to Cabo for a week, RJ. It's his only chance for a vacation. He comes back oftentimes worse. This is a huge stretch for Hundley to show everyone over the next eight games that he is an NFL quarterback. You know he stayed home and worked on his game as much as he could to prep for this game. Enormous advantage for the bye week. Leaner like? Oh, I would go ahead and like the 25-1 and Green Bay Packers against uh, Detroit here. And another thing about Detroit, what's wrong with Detroit? Their defense is awful. Remember when the season started, they got Arizona. Boom, David Johnson gets hurt, the best player for Arizona. Then they play the Giants. Oh, all the Giants wide receivers get injured. So they've gotten a break early on with playing some cupcake offenses, including Minnesota and then Carolina. The real Detroit defense stand up. We just saw it the last two weeks against the New Orleans Saints and against your Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. All right. I tend to agree with you guys on this one. Best bet, Matty Holt. Matty Holt on Twitter. He's swearing he's going to have a celebrity do his Twitter. Something like this. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. All right. So for now, Matty, you got to give your own Twitter. Don't try not to sound sad. All right. At Matthew Holt VP. That sounded a little sad. I know. I'm so discouraged. Fast, I try to like... get, give his Twitter. 
I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> but you follow him. <laughs> Matthew Pote, VP, baby. <laughs> Listen, if, you know, people have, a lot of people on Twitter said, RJ, just do it for him with like some background music or something. So if everything falls through, I will do that. Okay. Because I don't like bookmakers. But I have to get my get one now. I'm determined. So you won't <laughs> that's have what to try, do it. That's what I'm trying to accomplish here. All right, Maddie, thank you. All right, my best bet. I'm going, and I tell you, this is rare. I'm going with the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys at home plus one. You know, I'm going to make this Socratic. I'm going to pose some questions to you guys. Is how would you consider Kansas City right now versus what we thought of Green Bay when they played Dallas, what, three weeks ago and Rodgers was 100% healthy? Where, where would we put Kansas City versus Green Bay? I don't know what Socratic means, but they're exactly equal teams pretty much. Yeah, I would agree. Okay. Dallas since then and now has been by far their best streak of, you know, the season, yeah. right? I mean, just looking at last week, Fez, what you went, uh, you didn't even upgrade Dallas. Boy, you're a tough cookie, aren't you? Um, <laughs> Elliot, half a point for Elliot. Okay. And, and I think that's segue. All right. So you're saying the game and obviously the way they beat the 49ers. I mean, this team is just playing better. So let's say just a, let's say even, even, because you consider they are playing better, but they're without Elliott, right? Which to me is a half a point. A lot of people are shocked by that. If you're listening to the dream preview after an hour, you're probably not because you've heard it a few times over the weeks. So to me, it's like, wait a minute. Green Bay was plus two in Dallas. And now I've got the Cowboys plus one. Now you're going through pick them. So it's not pure math, but a three point difference but mathematically, it should be probably Dallas minus two here, right? Yeah, and I like to turn it in the money lines to show what a bargain you're getting. You you have your choice. You could lay minus 130 on Dallas earlier in the year against Green Bay. Now you only have to play the minus 100. You're getting them 30 cents cheaper in arguably the same or a better situation. And do you agree with this, Matt? Yeah, I do agree with it. And to me, I think the Chiefs are winning. I mean, they've been playing wow. But they've been winning on national TV. They've been doing miracle covers on national TV a couple of weeks ago. It feels like I know it's the Cowboys, but it feels like this could be a little flat. Just a, I mean, it's the Steelers. It's a miracle Monday cow- night winner on the road off the you know off an impressive win over a division opponent, uh, and now a short, traveling on a short week. Yeah. I mean, just uh, I I don't think you can make the case this is a good spot for like that could mitigate. Or power rating value here. I don't see any reason to mitigate it. And remember, when they lost to Green Bay, that was a coin flip game that if they just stop on the one-yard line and run 30 seconds more off, they win that game against Green Bay. And now Dallas is laying two and a half here. Yeah, or, well, in theory, it should be laying two and a half anyway. All right, good stuff. Well, I'm telling myself it's good stuff. But yes, I do agree with my best bat. Second best bat, Cowboys plus one. It's rare for me to bet the Cowboys. All right, guys, we're almost done here. We got Steve Fezzik. On Twitter, at Fezzik Sports, F-E-Z-Z-I-K, at Fezzik Sports. Power ratings, line move predictions, everything. And you know something about Fez. When Fez is giving you a best bet, you know this. What are you doing? This guy don't carry his money in a wallet. Hey, why this guy carries money in a roll? You know Fez is taking off the rubber band. Who you got? Taking the Indianapolis Colts plus the 13 biggins here. I tell you, Houston's not got a good enough defense to be laying 13 points. I love what Watson's doing. And you know what? I'm going to agree with you from last week. I think he is better than Trubisky based upon his great Well, game. I tell you, I was asking that question on Twitter, and 
people were laughing that Trubisky would be in the conversation. I saw your point last week, right? It was a short sample size, but man, he looks good. He looks great, but the defense does not look good for Houston. A total change in Houston. The Texans used to be a dead nut under team. Now they're an over team. Look at that defense. Everyone knows J.J. Watt is out. However, merciless, their stud rushing linebacker is out. Um, Cushing, their stud middle linebacker, got busted for um, uh, some stuff he shouldn't have been taken, and he got suspended. Two other starters are out for defense. You look at the stats on this team. This team's giving up five and a half yards per play. They're worse than an average team. And one thing about Indianapolis, Jacoby Brissett is a capable Backup quarterback. Hey, he might be a capable starting quarterback. Yes, Indy's defense is terrible. The back door should be wide open. I'll take the 13. All right, here's my question. Well, first, Matt, let's get, what's your leaner like on this game? I agree. I don't think any team has regressed on one side of the ball as much as Houston has by losing J.J. Watt and Merciless here. That three-headed monster pass rush they had is what made that whole defense the fact that you couldn't block those three. And once they lost two out of the three, the pass rush isn't there anymore. They just double-team Clowney, and they got exposed for an average or less than average linebacking core and an average at best secondary. Let me pose something, because I was thinking about this as my best bet, but since it was your game, I gave it to you. I like the over in this game. What what, are you, what, what number are you seeing right now, Fess? It opened up at 48 and a half. It's up to 50 sharp money on the over. It agrees with you. Because it strikes me, and I was doing, I do a national show, an hour co-hosting with Fred Fowler, SB Nation, uh, Tuesday nights on uh, their, their national network. I think they replay it Thursday too. Um, and he's a Houston guy. So he knows, he knows about um, Houston obviously very well. Right? He broadcasts there at ESPN there in Houston. Is you know, we were talking about this and he says, listen, because, and this is a good point, because O'Brien got a lot of heat for being conservative, he's got a feeling they really open it up. Like, like take off the training wheels on Watson and maybe run this baby up a little bit to stop that conversation that he's being conservative. And that, and, and that with the idea that the Colts, the sense is, oh, they're a grinded out team without, Luck, no, they're one of the worst, def- maybe the worst defense in the league. Then you talk about the trend line for the Houston D. I mean, I think there's motivation there to run it up. I, I-, I really like the over here, too. You agree, Matty? I do, until it gets to 51, because 51 is always a key over number for me. But if you got it anywhere from 49 and a half, 50, I still think you're good. Even 50 and a half, once it hits the 51, I stop. And if you've been playing over 50 the last five Houston games, I believe you have not had one loser. All right, guys, listen, this is going to be exciting. We are doing the Thursday night game as a separate podcast. Go to my Twitter, at RJ in Vegas. I put it out early Thursday morning. Listen on SoundCloud. And here's what's great about it. We have a double like in that game. And you know how rare that is. And we've got a very aggressive debate. Let's just say there's a big old disagreement in that Thursday night game. So check that out for sure on Twitter. And by the way, we talked about it. The Dream Preview College Edition. Check that out. Talk to you there. Thanks for listening to R.J. Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday. NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question for R.J.? You can contact him directly on Twitter at R.J. in Vegas. Live the dream with us each week.
Hey, it's Jay Moore, and it is time, finally, for America's Lakers podcast. That's right, I'm going to be hosting America's Lakers podcast. My man, Aaron Larsoul, an analytical genius, he's going to bring to the table what I can't every Wednesday. America's Lakers podcast exclusively at podcastone.com, the podcastone.com app, which I highly recommend. You can rate and review this podcast on all Apple products. And guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to bathe in the gossip and the gratuitous negativity that's been swallowing Los Angeles whole lately. Who did what? Who snitched? Who said what? How about truth? How about facts? How about statistics? How about rotations? What's Luke Walton thinking? Who's underperforming? Who's overachieving? Who's rewarded? Who's coming? Who's going? And what are we going to do with all that delightful, delicious cap space? America's Lakers podcast with me, Jay Moore, and my man, my brother, Aaron Larsoul, every Wednesday, podcast1.com. Hi there, my name is Susie Schuster. And I'm Rich Eisen. We're teaming up once again in the studio with our new podcast, Not Just Sports, with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen on Podcast One Sports. In case you're wondering what this show's about, sometimes we're not just sports. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? And that we actually like being in each other's We do. Enough to work together and I think have so. three kids. That's why we haven't spent enough time together that we're sitting here at Podcast One. So we're sportscasters and we're parents, so we'll talk sports and maybe parental guidance will be suggested every now and then. I would hope so, because this is not an X-rated podcast. No, this that's is a correct. family-friendly podcast. It is exactly that. So we're just going to be hanging out, talking sports and other stuff. And I will try to educate you on all things in the NFL, because Thank of you. course, behind every great man is a greater woman. That's correct. Well, there you go. Join us every Wednesday exclusively on Podcast One. Subscribe today if you know is good for you on Apple Podcasts or at PodcastOne.com or download it on the new Podcast One app.